Welcome to Pet Panorama with your host, Dr. Julie Mayer. Your pet is often referred to as your best friend, yet when it comes to their health care, sometimes we don't understand all of the options that are available to keep them healthy and living a good quality life as long as possible. In our program, we will explain and explore the best care possible, and we invite your participation as well. Now, here is Dr. Julie Mayer. Welcome, 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 all you pet lovers. Welcome to Pet Panorama. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Mayer. I'm a holistic veterinarian. I'm certified in acupuncture, chiropractic, and canine rehabilitation. So happy Cinco de Mayo. Um, Everybody, I hope you're out there. uh, Happy hours going on and uh, having some cocktails and some tacos. So I'll be uh, doing that after the show. Um, So today, we are going to talk about Cushing's disease, Um, and we're going to go into a lot of good detail so you could get some pen and paper and take some notes and also play me on the archives uh, because I'm going to give you some good suggestions. And we're going to talk about the allopathic way to treat Cushing's. So allopathic means traditional veterinary medicine and the kind of holistic or more natural approach to treating Cushing's disease. So I first want to start out with um, Cushing's disease, Addison's disease. You may have heard that that's the opposite of Cushing's disease. And I'll get into what those definitions are. But what we're going to be talking about today is the adrenal gland. And the adrenal gland is a, a very important gland, but it's a small gland, and it sits on top of the kidneys. It secretes the hormones, uh, cortisol, aldosterone, androgens, adrenaline, which is like epinephrine, and norepinephrine. So those are some neurotransmitters. Cortisol is secreted in response to stress. So when we have to have that fright and flight uh, kind of reaction, our cortisol is released so that everything gets turned on in our body. Um, it's, It's also involved in the metabolism of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and the regulation of blood sugar. So it's pretty, uh, cortisol is a pretty important hormone, and again, it comes from this adrenal gland. Um, Aldosterone, which is, again, another hormone from the adrenal gland, helps to maintain electrolyte and water balance in the body, which is really important. As we all know, electrolytes are very important, especially with, you know, hydration and pH balance and blood pressure. So that's extremely important. But what's interesting about cortisol, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good hormone, but also it could sort of be a bad hormone. Too much of cortisol could be the bad hormone, and we're going to get into that. Um, it's a catabolic steroid, which means it will break tissues down. So it does break down proteins, connective tissue, uh, it, it mobilizes fats, and we're going to get into some of the um, consequences of that, definitely. So what is Cushing's disease, you may ask? Cushing, Cushing's syndrome is, it's called hyperadrenocortism. It's a hormone disorder involving an, involving an increase in cortisol levels. And this could be a result of, t- it's typically a tumor. It's going to either be a tumor inside the pituitary gland, which is in the brain, or it's going to be an actual tumor of the adrenal gland itself. 
Um, however, 80% of the dogs typically, typically have the pituitary tumor, and what that does is it secretes um, a certain hormone that turns the adrenal on, the adrenal gland on, to make cortisol. So in the case of tumors, surgery has been very effective in humans, but is not advisable for dogs. And obviously, if it's a pituitary tumor, then we're talking brain surgery, okay? Um, sometimes they just go in and remove the adrenal glands, but it's a very, obviously, it's very risky. It's a costly uh, surgery, and it's, it's not fun. I, I used to do it on ferrets because ferrets actually do get a form of a Cushing's disease. And you can just imagine how tiny their kidneys are, let alone how tiny their adrenal glands are. So it's very interesting. Um, and it's, it's, the surgery is not common anymore. So Cushing's is common in humans, dogs, and horses. It's, it's basically a middle, middle age to old age disease. Um, so We'll see dogs greater than five years of old uh, be diagnosed with Cushing's, or the the usual average is about 10 to 12 years old. And again, 80% of the cases typically have the pituitary gland that has the tumor in it that's going to turn on the adrenal gland. Cushing's affects the adrenal gland, of course. Regardless of the tumor's location, the result is an imbalance of the cortisol. A, and cortisol is a stress hormone, as I, as I mentioned. Abnormal levels of cortisol are implicated in the diagnosis of Cushing's disease. So how we diagnose this disease is, I'm going to give you the symptoms. So the owner complains of the symptoms, and the veterinarian has to take blood, and we can test, we can test the gland, but we can also just uh, do a blood test to test cortisol levels, and you can do urine tests to see if there's spilling over of cortisol in the urine. There's also another form of Cushing's disease, and it's called atypical Cushing's disease. This is where the pet has all of the symptoms of Cushing's, but they don't have an overproduction of cortisol, so it's kind of strange. They have the same symptoms, but they don't have the same diagnostic results. But here with um, the atypical Cushing's disease, this is where holistic, um, a holistic approach is really important because if you have atypical Cushing's disease, you don't really want to treat them with the drugs, and we'll get into that a little bit. So you want to do a more holistic approach so you can try to avoid it turning into an actual Cushing's, a real Cushing's disease. So in normal uh, people or dogs, the pituitary gland will produce this ACTH, that's the hormone, which stimulates the adrenal glands and instructs them to produce the cortisol. And like I said, cortisol, it is a vital hormone. We need it for, for the flight, fright, and get, get out of there. Uh, we need that hormone to turn on your sympathetic nervous system and talk to other organs to help you get through um, especially stressful events. So some of the, uh, let's go into the symptoms. Some of the symptoms are increased appetite, high blood pressure, increased thirst, thinning of the hair. So you'll notice that the, the coat gets thinner, and the undercoat definitely um, just falls out, and they shed excessively. 
there's usually excessive urination, and they're typically the clients note that there's accidents in the house, so they'll accidentally urinate in the house. So not does uh, not only does the coat get thinner, but the skin actually gets thinner. There's increased panting, and now what that means is usually the pet is not it's not typically a painful disease. Um, why the pet will pant is because since cortisol is a catabolic steroid, which means it breaks tissues down versus an anabolic steroid builds tissues up, okay? That's what a lot of bodybuilders will use are anabolic steroids. So we're in the catabolic state, so it breaks tissue down. So if it's going to break down protein, which is muscle, then your respiratory muscles, right, they are, they're muscles, they have protein in them. And what happens is in Cushing's dogs, the, when the protein gets broken down, they, they can become um, weak, uh, less muscle activity, and definitely their, you know, inhaling and exhaling is, it, they tend to pant in these short little respirations because they don't have the muscles to really expand that chest cavity. There will be an increased tendency for diabetes. A, a lot of times diabetes exists with this disease because since cortisol is a catabolic steroid, it breaks down carbohydrates, <coughs> excuse me, which can turn into fats, <coughs> excuse me, can turn into sugars. So if we have a lot of sugars circulating in the body, then that pet may become a diabetic. So that's not fun when we have two endocrine diseases and managing both at the same time, it's very, very difficult. And you will have muscle loss, so you may have atrophy, just generally speaking. Um, so that would make a weaker pet. And there may be nervous system problems as well. And I see um, tendons and ligaments, Just you just see a lot of weakness in the motion and the mobility of these pets. There may be skin lesions. Um, definitely, so cortisol... How we look at this, because it is a steroid, is very similar to prednisone. So if you know anybody or yourselves or your pets that you have seen who have been on prednisone, you're going to see some very similar symptoms with Cushing's disease with pets and people who are on prednisone, which means the immune system will weaken with high levels of cortisol and high doses of prednisone. Also, because we lose that muscle mass, you're going to lose your six-pack, okay? So what that means is the dog is horizontal, all their organs, you know, will set, they look like they're sagging to the floor. It will be a pot belly appearance. And that's usually not because your pet isn't, may not be gaining weight, it's usually just because you don't have that six-pack and a toned belly, so you have a droopy kind of a stomach. So that's pretty interesting. And, you, you know, it's pretty obvious when you do see these patients. Sometimes you could diagnose Cushing's by them just walking in the door, um, how they look. So cortisol, we're going to talk about cortisol a little bit. Corticosteroids are involved in a wide range of physiologic uh, systems. It's the stress response, as I uh, discussed, the immune response. It regulates inflammation. It's carbohydrate metabolism, protein metabol metabolism, fat metabolism, um, the blood electrolyte levels, behavior even. So I know some people who are on steroids and they get moody 
and dogs I've seen who are on prescribed steroids, like prednisone, for example, they may get moody too. One of cortisol's many functions is to stimulate the release of glucose, as we discussed. So again, you could become a diabetic as well. Fats and amino acids for energy production. Now, here's some consequences of all of this cortisol circulating in the body. It's going to stimulate lipolysis, which is fat breakdown, and increase circulating concentrations of cholesterol and triglycerides. And that's at high levels that's not very healthy, just like with us, okay? Same in the dog. So uh, the cortisol break down the fat, and a lot of times the fat will go to the liver, and we will see liver enzymes. So on those blood tests, what we were talking about, that you could see high levels of cortisol on the blood tests, you can also, and the urine, you can also look at the liver values, and you will see um, some liver values go up. And one of the main liver values that is increased typically is the alkaline phosphatase. Now, what happens here is the fat stores a lot of, uh, excuse me, the liver stores a lot of fat that's circulating because it's getting broken down by the, cor- by the cortisol. So what that means is the liver can become compromised, okay? That fat doesn't belong in that liver. So this is where we can see there's going to be liver compromise and those enzymes go up and then also we'll see high levels of cortisol. So we'll put that all together and then we'll get into some other diagnostic tests that we do as well. And it's hard for the body to obviously tolerate a lot of carbohydrates. So if this is the case, then what I would do is when you're looking for foods to feed a cushionoid dog, um, you, you want to feed a zero-carb diet or the lowest, lowest-carb diet that you can, okay? So we don't want to add any more carbs to um, this catabolic situation, Cortisol stimulates breakdown of protein and connective tissue. Like I said, I've totally seen very weak tendons and ligaments, and uh, the pets, it's hard for them to move around. They get exhausted very easy. Um, Again, may affect mineral and vitamin metabolism. Electrolyte, Electrolyte imbalances, and again, that could mess up your pH, things like that, and even your, you know, water, how much water you hold into the body, the immune suppressed, the immune uh, system suppressed. And then there's upsets uh, in the balance of the intestinal microflora. So uh, this Cushing syndrome is, is, it's pretty dynamic. It's, it, it, there's a lot of organs involved. There's a lot of systems involved. Um, so that's why it's very hard to treat. And it's, it's a very, um, it's kind of a lifelong disease, okay? Typically, you don't die directly from Cushing's disease, but it's all these other complications that I'm talking about that can really cause debilitation in the pet. So the, now we have the gut bacteria is involved, and it can interfere with the digestion and um, of the food, and so it, it, it causes imbalance of the micro, uh, the bacteria in the microflora in the intestines, and now we can have a lot of complications from that. We can have changes in digestion, fermentation, uh, decrease the immune system, because don't forget, 80% of the immune system comes from the gut. So 
The gut is huge. It's pretty important, okay? And if epinephrine is, sec- is secreted in excess from the adrenal gland, then we'll have blood pressure problems. So, like I said, there's a lot of systems that are very, very, you know, they're involved, very important, and it's we have to manage everything and get that adrenal gland functioning as soon as we can, meaning, and I'll get into this, what options we have for treatment. So we're going to segue right into that. The, there's allopathic treatments, and allopathic means that's traditional veterinary medicine, and there's homeopathic treatments. I use both of them when I can. I prefer to go the ho- all holistic route, but a lot of times my patients need the support of these other um, traditional uh, prescriptions. So surgery, um, again, that used to be common, is very effective in humans, but not advisable for dogs. With Cushing's and dogs, the majority of the tumors, again, are located in the pituitary glands, and 80% uh, are the statistics. Um, surgery is not performed on these tumors at all. It's only performed on uh, adrenal gland tumors, but that's not really common anymore, okay? Um, they're just It's risky. Uh, the blood supply with the adrenal gland and the kidneys, very similar, very close. So there's a lot of risks involved with that. So the other drugs, there's... Um, They call them chemotherapy uh, chemotherapy agents, and that you may have heard those who have pets or themselves who have Cushing's disease is lysodrin is one and trilostane is the other. And these can be um, extreme because they they are chemotherapy drugs. Lysodrin actually destroys the outer cortex of the adrenal gland. And the goal with lysodrine is to damage the adrenal cortex just enough to slow down the production of the glucocorticoid hormones. If too much is given, the adrenal gland can be permanently damaged and the drugs can quickly cause the opposite of Cushing's, which is Addison's disease. And now this is where cortisol, there's no cortisol produced, and that's really dangerous. So Addison's disease occurs, uh, again, as a result of too much of this gland being destroyed by these drugs. We're going to take a break, and then after that, I'm going to get into um, another drug, which is trilostane. So we'll be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought. Showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are tuned in to Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. We want to hear from you with your questions, stories, and comments. Please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Send your emails all week to Dr. Julie at petpanorama at gmail.com. That's petpanorama at gmail.com. Now, back to Pet Panorama. Welcome back, listeners. So we just started getting into some of the um, allopathic treatment of Cushing's disease. And um, there's two chemotherapeutic, yes, chemotherapeutic agents um, called Lysadrin and Trilostane. So Lysadrin is the, um, it's been around for a long time. That was, uh, and it's still used, an older version, if you will, of treating Cushing's. And then a um, newer drug on the spectrum, uh, the timeline, so to speak, is the Trilostane. Trilostane has less side effects than Lysadrin. And we were just getting into what Lysadrin and Trilostane, what they do to the adrenal. So, when your pet has cushions, and if it's treated the allopathic way, they, uh, your vet will prescribe lysadrin or trilostane. And what that drug is going to do, it is going to actually attack the adrenal gland. It's going to kill the cells, attack the adrenal gland to stop and slow it down from overproducing cortisol. So here's where we can get into complications. It's it's not it's not we don't know what the effect is going to be of the adrenal uh, adrenal gland. Um, it's it's very hard to tell if you're going to give too much or if you're going to not give enough. So what happens is if there's too much of the gland destroyed, um, we can actually uh, put that patient into an Addisonian crisis. And this means that there's now no cortisol is being produced, with can, which can actually be a life-threatening thre- situation. Um, so, But it's a low percentage of patients uh, that can have this crisis. Actually, in about 5% of lysogen patients 
that's, you know, that's what we see. So it is pretty low, all right, but there's a possibility that these things can occur. So these are the side effects and these are the challenges, of course, with giving these allopathic chemotherapeutic agents. So what the clinician has to do is, um, cons- you know, they'll start with the medication, have you come back in a few weeks, and what they need to do is periodically retest these levels, okay? Um, there's called it, It's called an ACTH stim, and what the clinician does, and this is also how you could diagnose the disease, is they will inject the body with a hormone, and it will stimulate the adrenal glands, or not stimulate the adrenal glands. So they look at how the adrenal glands react to that hormone. These tests can be expensive, okay? And again, this is, it's kind of like diabetes. You're trying to get just the right level of cortisol in the body. So in the beginning, especially, it can take, it could be a little expensive, and there's a lot of dedication to the owner to come in and have rechecks and such. So, and really, if you do do the holistic route, too, we do like to do rechecks, of course. Um, A lot of times, we can look at the symptoms and use the symptoms um, as, you know, if our pet is getting better. So kind of just look at their response. What's interesting, and I know this this isn't really used as common as it used to be, But believe it or not, ketoconazole, um, which, as we all know, is an antifungal, right? We talked about valley fever uh, last episode. So it's an antifungal that can treat certain symptoms of Cushing's in dogs, which is amazing. Um, It can suppress cortisol by inhibiting a certain enzyme that is involved in cortisol's creation. So it can try to, you know, block a lot of cortisol from accumulating in the tissues and circulating in the bloodstream. And as we talked previously, too, about uh, ketoconazole, you know, these aren't, they're not benign drugs. Um, They can have some liver damage and some complications, and they can cause, um, you know, loss of appetite and things like that. So um, I don't really know many clinicians that are using ketoconazole right now, um, because we have other options as well. So, but that's something that's, I don't know how they found that out, but I think it's very interesting uh, using an antifungal um, for Cushing's disease. So, but that's, uh, you know, that's medicine. That's, we find things out as we um, continue to move along. Speaking of moving along, so here's some other options. You know, some sometimes, like I said, these pets um, will not tolerate these medications. Um, and, and, and they're older, they're 10, 12 years of age, and they may have pre-existing problems happening, um, or on other medications as well. And sometimes if they're mild, uh, Cushing, Cushinoid dogs, then we can, and definitely atypical dog, we can try to do a holistic approach. Also, that's where the word integrative comes in. I have a lot of patients that come to me, they're already, they've been diagnosed, they're already on the medication, and some are, you know, not as regulated as they should be, or they may be having some complications to the traditional medicine, and then that's where I come in. So, 
we, we stay on those meds and we stay on that protocol. And then what I do is I'll add um, other supplements that will help with the symptoms and even the side effects of those chemotherapeutic agents, right? So what's interesting, this is um, a neat recent discovery from the University of Tennessee, and um, it's this is it's just great. I love, you know, I love holistic medicine. I love trying to look at, you know, how can we help the body in the, the, the easiest way, very natural, um, without a lot of complications and things like that. So there's um, an awesome treatment uh, with melatonin and um, lignans, okay, or linens, lignin. And what's interesting about... Um, you know, melatonin you may have heard of. Uh, people use it for sleep patterns, uh, serotonin levels, things like that. And then I'm going to get into lignans and what different, you know, which ones you use, what, what we look at, the definitions, etc. So when ingested, plant lignans are converted in the body to other lignans such as um, enrolactone. Enrolactone is a major endogenous mammalian lignin formed by the action of intestinal bacteria. Here we go again. We're back to the gut, right? So the gut is amazing. Again, 80% of the immune system comes from the gut. And now look at it's playing this role in Cushing's disease. So the action of the intestinal bacteria, um, they, they have a role with these plant lignans when they are ingested. So you have to eat these lignans and then the bacteria will play its role. And they act as phytoestrogen in the body. So the, the bacteria help to convert, if you will, these lignans into some hormones, phytoestrogen. So let's get into what are lignans, and then we'll get into what melatonin is all about. So there are two kinds of lignans. <clears throat> There's SDG, and it has a long... Um, <laughs> chemical name I won't uh, I won't pronounce that on the air uh, lig- so it has SDG lignans are extracted from flax hulls so flaxseed hulls and there's an HMR lignin and that's extracted from Norwegian spruce tree okay so the scientists have looked at these two different lignans flax flaxseed hulls and the other one is from Norwegian spruce tree. The main differences between the two types of these lignans is that the SDG, so the flax hull lignin, cleaves the sugar, these sugar chains, okay, and it must occur by the gastrointestinal bacteria before this hormone, enterolactin, enterolactone, is formed, all right? So this is gonna this is gonna make sense here in a minute. With the HMR Norwegian spruce tree lignin conversion to enterolactone by the the GI bacteria, the gastrointestinal bacteria, is immediate upon ingestion. So again, the gut bacteria with these lignins are very very important to help us out with a holistic treatment for Cushing's disease. So we also want to, again, look at this gut and say, well, 
how, you know, what if you do have a bad gut? What if you have IBD, inflammatory bowel disease? What if, uh, what if the digestion is off? Probiotics. So we want to have some probiotics on board. So our cushionoid dog should have some probiotics to help the gut bacteria to do a lot of conversion and uh, these chemical changes of these lignans. Okay? So reports show that the HMR lignin is completely and quickly absorbed from the gastrointestinal tract, while the SDG lignin is not completely absorbed. So most of the products that I've seen have a blend of the SDG and the um, which one, the HMR lignin, all right? But you're going to get a bang for the buck from the HMR lignin, okay? So when you're looking for products to help you with your pet who has Cushing's disease, you want to pay attention to the HMR lignin because that's quickly absorbed. But if it has this uh, SDG, which is the flaxseed holes in it, it's still going to help too, okay? So with this happening, this indicates that the enrolactin formed from the HMR lignans is, is absorbed better and more quickly than the, than the SDG flax hull lignin, okay? And this is going to allow for um, lower doses, all right, which is really good. So this is where this enrol, enrolactone is going to help with formation of these phytoestrogens in the body. All right, so this is all going to balance this endocrine system, um, which is very, very important with Cushing's disease. So according to the University of Tennessee, uh, the College of Veterinary Medicine, um, SDG flax hull lignans, uh, the dose that they recommend is one milligram per pound of body weight, and the HMR lignans uh, total doses of 10 to 40 milligrams daily should be adequate for small to large dogs. So that's what we want to give the patient in addition to the melatonin, which is what I'm going to get into right now. Uh, melatonin is a hormone produced by the pineal gland, and again, this is in the brain, and that helps regulate hormones and the body's circadian rhythm. It is being used in veterinary medicine as a natural treatment for uh, coat loss in dogs, cats, and ferrets. Researchers are not exactly sure how melatonin helps thicken um, and thicken and regrow the fur, right? But the researchers think it may be the relationship between melatonin, sunlight, and the body's circadian rhythm. Other feel, others feel that the melatonin's antioxidant properties help promote hair growth, okay? So they really don't know the exact mechanism, but it can help with hair growth. So maybe it does so on humans, too. That'd be good to try that out. Melatonin also has been shown to help a pet uh, gain back weight after surgery. It's a good for stress or illness. It helps with anxiety, insomnia, noise phobias, etc., um, and what's interesting is how they've seen this hair growth, especially in the ferrets. Mink farmers have been known to use melatonin to promote thick coats in the winter um, for their, uh, sad, but for their mink furs. Research recommends not exceeding a melatonin dosage of 3 to 6 milligrams every 8 to 12 hours. There can be some, they're, you know, they're, they're not 
too bad of side effects, but there can be some side effects of too high of melatonin. But here's some general guidelines for dosing a melatonin. It's 1.5 mg for dogs under 25 pounds, one once or twice a day, 3 mg for an average medium to large size dog once or twice daily, and 6 milligrams if the dog's weight exceeds 100 pounds once or twice daily. Melatonin's everywhere, um, and I like the I like the liquid. Um, I think it absorbs pretty well, but it comes in, you know, capsules, and it's at your uh, health food stores typically. And and make sure you read the label. Um, and and this is with any supplement. And, you know, make sure it just has melatonin only in it. You don't want any colorings, additives, or anything that may be toxic to your pets, okay? If given once daily, the recommendation is to dose in the evening with melatonin. And um, it's also available in an implant form, too. I've never seen a pet treated with a with a patch, if you will, or an implant, but I imagine that they probably do for, for humans. Um, so that's pretty interesting. So just remember that, you know, every pet is different, and it's always best to consult with your veterinarian for the best possible dosage for your pet's individual situation. And, and you don't want to self-diagnose or diagnose for your pet and automatically put them on these supplements, the lignans and the melatonin. Um, they they can have some side effects, not as severe as what you would see typically with you know ketoconazole or the chemotherapeutic agents. Um, but I definitely would seek the diagnostic test. See you know go see your veterinarian if you uh, are seeing these symptoms that we discussed in your pet and get a diagnosis because sometimes too Cushing's disease can look at it it looks similar to diabetes Um, it could look like another disease so we don't want you to miss something and we don't want you to treat unless it's absolutely necessary so um, if using the SDG flax whole lignans stool frequency and occasional diarrhea may occur because of its fiber content component so if your pet has a sensitive gut, then I definitely would, you know, think about using more HMR because that does not have fiber or very little fiber in it. So again, this is where we have to look at the individual patient and watch for any precautions and if there's pre-existing conditions, etc. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, br- a break and then we're going to go into a little bit more detail about these two supplements and then get into a lot of other things that we could do for Cushing's. We'll be back in a moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. 
Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. We want to hear from you with your questions, stories, and comments. Please call into the program today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Send your emails all week to Dr. Julie at petpanorama at gmail.com. That's petpanorama at gmail.com. Now, back to Pet Panorama. Welcome back, listeners. All right, so we're getting into some, some alternative uh, treatments for Cushing's disease. And again, we can use this uh, these treatments when our pets are also on um, the medication for Cushing's, which is like lysodrine and trilostane. Um, so we're talking about melatonin and, and lignans. And lignans are... Uh, flax hull lignans or there's a Norwegian kind of lignin and what these um, natural supplements will do is they will make enterolactone with the gut bacteria so here's where these um, lignans need the gut bacteria Um, there's enterolactone produced and that enterolactone will actually decrease cortisol levels in the body Okay, so that's the purpose of your lignans. And then we're just getting into melatonin and talking about how that also can um, control cortisol levels in the body. Um, and then we were getting into some side effects. Um, with flax hull lignans, you can have, um, because it has some fiber in it, you can have some loose stool. But again, no major um, severe um, side effects, except... Uh, that's with lignans, except melatonin. You can actually, um, ha- if you overdose the dog, the pet, and we just gave some um, from University of Tennessee some um, prescription levels, okay, so some doses. Um, if you do overdose the, 
the pet, you may you see diarrhea, vomiting, high blood pressure, incoordination, and even possible seizures. So uh, here, the melatonin, we definitely want to be a little more careful with. Um, and nothing's, you know, 100% benign, but I do like uh, using these natural supplements, but they, of course, can have their consequences as well. So we have to pay attention to what we're doing, and please seek your holistic veterinarian for doses. Um, all right, so I also use um, Standard Process. I like Standard Process Company out of Wisconsin. They grow their own herbs and plants on their on their estate, on their property, and um, raise their own animals that they use in their formulas. And it's kind of like just it's food for its plants and its animal parts. Um, it's food that it's to actually give to the adrenal gland, okay? So it supports the adrenal, adrenal gland with nice ingredients. So I do like standard process, and I do use it with the, with the lignans and the melatonin. So, you know, and why, why again, would we want to use the, these alternative methods or this integrative approach? And most of the time it's because it's, it's just gentle on the aging dogs. Um, it can be used in the atypical Cushing's too. Again, um, we wouldn't really recommend a lot of pets with atypical Cushing's disease to be treated traditionally um, because the cortisol is not um, as off as the true Cushinoid dog. Um, it's less negative side effects, uh, it doesn't. It won't cause Addison's disease. So, so anything that I talk about holistically would would not cause Addison's disease. But that's the risk of the trilistine and the lysadrin. And there's there's not a lot of ongoing tests that can be very expensive, um, and you know inconvenient for the pet and the pet owner. Um, with a traditional approach. There's this ACTH stim test that I mentioned earlier that needs to be periodically repeated to make sure that the dose is um, is appropriate and as as far as the medication is concerned and that there's not a lot of cortisol. um, uh, Excuse me, the adrenal gland is not getting destroyed too much. So. They really have to pay attention to that adrenal gland because we don't want to send them into Addisonian disease land because that's not fun. That can actually be life-threatening. So some other recommendations for um, treating Cushing's disease, no matter what, again, what approach you're taking here, um, if it's an integrative approach, if it's all holistic or uh, traditional, but you know we need to talk about the diet. We need to talk about um, some other things to help us, you know, with this stressful disease. Um, so you want to again? We talked about uh, carbohydrates being broken down by this catabolic uh, cortisol, and it, there's sugars released and such. So we want to watch out for. We don't want sugary foods, so we don't want a lot of carbohydrates in the diet, okay? Feed more protein to offset the degeneration. As I mentioned, cortisol is definitely a catabolic steroid, okay? So it breaks down protein. Um, We also want good quality. We want greater than 85% bioavailable of the protein, okay? So that's going to come from whey, and it's going to come from beans, egg, all right? So those are some um, 
right there up at the top. I love whey protein. It's really easy. You could sprinkle it right on the, on the food and supplement the food that way. You want a low-sodium diet, and you want to increase uh, potassium intake by foods, potassium-rich foods. And why that is is because in um, Cushing's disease, you will see that w- there's usually the sodium is increased and the potassium is de- decreased. And again, this is another result on the blood test that your clinician will look at. And we look at all these different things, and you put it all together, and it starts, you know, um, just pointing to Cushing's disease, okay? Then your clinician will do other tests to challenge that adrenal gland and to see how that adrenal gland reacts. Um, we want to definitely protect the gut. So we, we see how the gut is important even in the holistic world with the lignans, but the gut is very important um, also with the immune system, okay? And just digestion in, in general um, in these Cushinoid dogs. Um, And we want to boost the immune system because, as we mentioned, the immune system is decreased by steroids, and this cortisol is a steroid, okay? So how do we help the gut? How do we protect the gut? Because, again, the gut is 80% of the immune system. Very important. So we want to look at that gut, and we really want to treat it right. So probiotics, huge. Do not use human probiotics, um, the human gut is different than the, the animal gut and species gut, okay? So you definitely want a probiotic that's good for dogs or cats. The colonies are different in us. The kinds of bacteria are different in people in different species. So definitely, I, I, I hear a lot of people, they're, gonna, they're giving yogurt for probiotics, they're that's not enough. You need to have a product that has high, high concentration of these colony units, okay? And you don't want to put in a bacteria that doesn't belong there, okay? So use dog and cat uh, probiotics. Um, Again, play very, very important role in digestion, but also in the uh, boosting the immune system. And then speaking of digestion, you might as well throw in a digestive enzyme just to help that pet um, digest a little bit better, okay? Take the load off of the gut. Antioxidants, huge. Um, high levels of cortisol very could be very, very stressful to the body. Everything's turned on. There's alarms going off constantly. So in these excessive levels of these catabolic steroids, are, they're going to result in overproduction of free radicals. There's a lot going on, and free radicals are not good, okay? They're unstable electrons, um, they're very damaging to other cells, so this is not a pretty process, okay? It's stress. It's just like being stressed all the time. So we want antioxidants to counteract these free radicals that are destroying other cells, all right? And it will also um, help with the immune system, the immune function, and it can help decrease inflammation, Also, there's um, what we call adaptogens. Adaptogens assist the body in their ability to normalize homeostasis, optimize metabolism, improve resistance to a variety of adverse factors. So there's awesome adaptogens. So they're similar to antioxidants, but it just helps 
constantly, all the time. It just helps the body try to reach its normal and 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 homeostasis and things like that. Um, so, and don't forget this: Cushing's is a chronic illness, and herbal adaptogens will help with the chronic illness. Okay, they they can maintain antioxidant function under normal conditions of the body and raise antioxidant abilities when the body's under stress. And Cushing's is just stress on steroids. There we go. It's stress on steroids. So uh, adaptogens are awesome. They help stimulate the defense mechanism. They do a lot of fun things. Um, they can soothe the effects of high levels of the hormone, even insulin, epinephrine, steroids, you name it. Um, so I'm going to name off some adaptogens that have been proven to be pretty good. Uh, theanine from green tea. So green tea, at, yep, dogs actually, they can drink some green tea. Uh, ginseng, rhodiola, ashwagandha, tyrosine, which is a, like an amino acid. So very, very good. These are nice adaptogens, and they're in health food stores for sure. Um, flavonoids. Flavonoids are good. They're real excellent antioxidants, um, and it's fun. It's fun to feed your pet some healthy things uh, right off the table uh, for treats, for fun, in between meals. Uh, elderberries, awesome. Um, blueberries, bilberry. Um, hawthorn, cranberry. So these are nice flavonoids, okay? You can find this in a lot of uh, fruits, vegetables, very colorful um, uh, veggies and things to eat. It's going to provide other things, some fiber, uh, vitamins, minerals. And in stress, again, the pet who has Cushing's has a lot of cortisol, which could be very stressful to the whole body, you definitely want these antioxidants, but you want good vitamins and minerals because, um, for example, B, B vitamins are very good stress vitamins. So sometimes they even just prescribe um, like a B complex to my patients when they do have Cushing's. Some other um, good flavonoids are um, uh, reishi. You may have heard it. So it's called Ganoderma reishi. That's the Chinese um, mushroom, mataki. Uh, hey, here's a good buzzword, curcuma, which basically is part of turmeric. Um, so that's an awesome antioxidant. Um, legumes, good. Those are, have good protein in them. There's ginseng, again, ashwagandha, astragalus, schizandra. So there's a lot of awesome gynostema herbs that can help with symptoms of Cushing's disease, balance the body out, okay, um, and again, you have to work with your holistic veterinarian to see which ones are best and which ones, um, you know, what you want to do and you can afford and what's in your area, etc. Um, but what we really want to, and this is something that you may want to write down, there are actually some um, ingredients out there that are cortisol blockers, natural cortisol blockers blockers. So this is, we want to really write this down. Vitamin C at high levels, all right, can and may suppress the cortisol production. So high levels of vitamin C. So there's a 
Peterson, Anderson, and Theron uh, did a study back in 2001, and they have demonstrated this in people. We don't have a lot of these nice, fancy research papers for, for pooches, but it's not bad. Vitamin C can be given, and um, if you can get up there on some higher doses, then it can help. Again, if we put all of these things together, we can help balance this body, whether they're on the traditional or alternative approach. Okay, ginkgo decreases cortisone secretion by the adrenal gland. All right, uh, glutamine may lessen the catabolic effects of cortisol. That's fantastic. So, very, very in- interesting. And branch chain amino acids are awesome. All right. So this is fun. This is where we can manipulate the diet. We can support these, um, the holistic approach, the integrative approach, the uh, completely uh, traditional approach. And we put this all together and just help those pets have a smooth, smooth um, recovery from Cushing's. So I hope you learned a lot. And if you have any questions, you can email me at petpanorama at gmail.com. And I want you all to have a nice weekend and drive carefully. And happy May 5th. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of Pet Panorama this week. Be sure to join Dr. Julie Mayer for another edition next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend with your best friend.